A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Michael Sidgwick, joined by fellow Dadly Boy Michael Hamlet to discuss everything that went down on last night's show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, Dynamite Rampage, premium live events, pay-per-views. We have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions. We sometimes answer your wrestling questions. And we host a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Hamlet, Papa H has had, uh, you know, not the best show here. Hmm. I don't want to guide your opinion, oh, but that's boy. pretty obvious, isn't it? Oh boy. Um, yeah, I. So this was trending to being really dull, like the first hour, maybe a bit after that, and then I, so like I got lost in a thought spiral, and I was thinking, well. Is this like, you know, I've said for the longest time, if WWE gets good enough, I would like to analyse it within the same parameters with which we analyse AEW, right? So when a Dynamite is really hot and really fun and really exciting, you kind of just, like every single segment, you want to gush over and give sort of ample time to. And then on the other ones, you're a bit like, not much is happening there, but this was a um, setup week for that angle, or a, as it used to be, a setup week, a table setting. That table was setting. Like almost across the entire episode, it was like most angles were kind of in the same place, so it was like table setting across the board. So I'm thinking, am I being a bit harsh now? Is it Should Raw have table setting episodes too? And yes, it should. You know, big stories have got to peak at different times. But it, it was just bad. By the end, I reconciled that, no, this wasn't table setting. There was some table setting done. But for the most part, this it was bad when it was yes. table setting. It wasn't, there was... Like, there are going to be things in this review that I'm going to isolate for praise, but I can't even think of them now in this little intro fluff because all I'm left with is memories of a pretty rubbish episode of Raw and, like, real bad um, callbacks and throwbacks to an era that we've, like, talked a lot about being over and been very past tense about that being Vince McMahon. And this was, like, a really unpleasant and unwelcome reminder that... Like, Triple H has got it in him too. It's WWE. They've all got it in them to just do a Raw like this. I don't want much more like this. No, people forget as well. Triple H evolved as a superstar in wrestling through the vehicle that was Degeneration X, mm. and specifically the 1998 version, which just played to all of Vince McMahon's comedic impulses. He studied under Vince McMahon to 
book. Learning tree. The learning tree to book. And obviously, he was savvy enough to um, utilize different, more fashionable talents to thwart the movement that was on the fringes in the mid-2010s and early 2010s, in fact. So people sometimes get it twisted that he's more ghetto than Vince, but he's more Vince than ghetto, and mm. this is proof positive of that. And um, we start with a new Triple H trope, if you like, where Bobby Lashley was in the ring mid-promo. I don't really get this one. I get yeah. the idea behind it, but the execution I always feel is a bit off. And the idea is that someone is so raging from the events of last week, which in theory is good because it means that they live interior lives 24-7 and they don't just switch into characters and bad ones at that as soon as, it ta- uh, as the clock strikes 8-7 central. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like, right, okay, can you not... It's just an odd way to start the show. But regardless, it starts off mid-promo with the idea being, as I've just said, that he's raging at Lesnar for the attack last week. And he basically says, let's fight right now in Oklahoma. I've been fizzing all week. Let's do this. So Lesnar comes out, smashes the back of Lashley's skull into the ring post. Sounded disgusting. There was another great instance of that later on in the night. Um, But it's Lashley's turn to get the advantage. They are trying to um, present this to their credit, is a proper, equal, competitive clash of the titans. So it's time for Lesnar to get the pasting this week. And Jesus Christ, he gets a pasting. That looks awesome when it works and just maybe slightly amusing when it doesn't. He does the barricade spot, spear through the barricade, and it's it's crazy, I know. But it's also elevated by Lesnar selling. It just looks like his guts have been punctured. (laughs) He's so unbelievably great at selling Lashley's Body language and facials are incredible here, I think. He just looks like he's pasted, this poor bastard. Then they try to do this bit. And again, loose agenting, so I think it reappears later in the night. Um, Basically, I've just exposed myself as a hypocrite. You can do the same thing twice if those two things are awesome. But um, they do the bit where they try and sprawl over the table because the fight can't be contained, and yet they kind of just... Now that stuck out like a sore thumb later on. Really yeah. yeah, and they sort of like slide over it a little bit here and it doesn't really work and it looks vaguely comical but ultimately Lesnar's selling justifies it because he's just so gassed having the wind mm. knocked out of him. Then he goes through the table, an incredible bump, security come down, they separate everything. I thought this was a red hot start to the show, almost cruel in terms of the tone it's set because it was so white hot. Yeah, really strong, really, really strong. Um, I too share your... Um, like. Con- not concerns, but, you know, your reservations about how to start a Raw with that mid-promo thing to try and... You are still fake creating something that you are presenting as real because Bobby Lashley was in such a rage. That's the idea, isn't it? That, like, they're saying, Bobby, like, thanks for coming to Gorilla. It's it's your time, but we've just got to do the credits and the pyro. You know, it's a TV show. You've been yeah. here years. Like, not tonight. I'm, I'm too raging. Yeah. I'm just too raging. Like, I, I'm picturing him getting raging while getting dressed into his wrestling gear. Yes. Lacing up his boots. Oh, I'm fuming. I'm going to do these laces quicker than ever. It's just... Yeah, no, a bit of headcanon can go ele- No, but I, I don't like that. I'm saying like... Oh, right. that where it's like, if he's just come out in his clothes, as if he's just got there and he's dropped his suitcase, he's gone straight to the right, ring. Right, okay, I'm with I you. I'm with that. you. Yeah. Whereas it's a bit like sort of, you took the time to get yourself looking like Bobby Lashley, the wrestler, and then we're like... Can you not just wait one more minute? Well, now I'm now I'm madder than ever. Yeah, like it's it all that makes it feel a little bit fake. But otherwise, like no notes really. This was you can't. I wish I knew what it was. I don't know if it's a dark arts thing or it is just magic. What is it 
that separates the good balls from the bad ones because you just don't make the rules, do you? I know. Some are hot and some are not. And I can. I, How can like, you do a barricade spot and really feel something yeah. for it after the amount of times they've actually done it? You watch this like 30 years and wrestlers are pulled apart all the time. There's brawls all the time. And it's especially become common in the last 10 years or so because when it is hot, it's really hot and often a product needs it. If you think of like the Brock and the Undertaker one or the Brock and Cena one, that WWE desperately needed something th- as hot as that. I think we found the common denominator, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Brock Lesnar. Um, but Cody's a good brawler. Cody's a good brawler. AEW had this, has had this exact same thing, doesn't it? Like the, there was a point where like the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society like fights were still entertaining, but that feels like a distant memory now because they just never are. I don't know what it is. I, I wish I knew what it is that makes some magic and some not, but this was magic. This was absolutely magic. Uh, less than magic. Uh, it was Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson swiftly and handily defeating Alpha Academy in just under 10 minutes. Um, ultimately, this is the length that should have went, even if I personally have a bias towards Chad Gable and don't want him seeing getting beat under these circumstances. And the match by Express Design was incredibly basic. It was a reminder of what the OC can do, <laughs> which on this evidence wasn't particularly a great deal, oh. but they are meant to be established as returning characters who, you know, probably shouldn't have left because that's the kind of the theme of Triple H's WWE is making it back what it should have been. And it should have Luke Gallows in it. It should. <laughs> but yeah. on this evidence, like, I'm a Luke Gallows apologist. And there's a spot here, and it's just one. But if you can't deliver an absolutely, like, smooth gentleman's three is a little reminder of what the guys can do, then I don't think you're in trouble. But ultimately, like, switch on, lads. Yeah. Switch on. You've just got the coin if you're going to do a great match, it's now, and this wasn't it. There's a bit where um, Anderson's working, I think it was Otis over, or Gable, and Gallows steps through the ropes and kind of thinks to himself, oh, no, I shouldn't be doing this, and then goes, oh, maybe I should. Then the tri- <laughs> he goes to do a double tandem suplex yeah. by lifting the arm and then just leaves the ring as well. <laughs> what, what are you doing? It's Maybe it's opening night jitters, and I'm not being fair. There were several cases here where I could like very little happened in this match, by the way. Very, very little went on. And that, I wasn't shocked. I don't say that I with was surprise. Shocked. I don't say that with surprise, but then maybe I do because we kind of joked yesterday that maybe you'd have like one night of. And funnily enough, by the way, we joked about it in our game of like it would be very gallows to like in his first week back a great work NXT. Amazing that that came true. Yeah, no. but like double duty, double Luke gallows, double duty, Lukey. But like. You've actually got to then do your duty. Part of that is the duty bit of it. Yeah, the yeah. double is like not as important as actually going out there and entertaining. Yeah, this just very little happened, and it's the worst thing. You can, the worst strike against the Good Brothers at this point, and they won't care. They won't give a toss, by the way. But the worst strike against them is when you're not having entertaining matches with Alpha Academy or Chad Gable specifically. It really doesn't bode well. I, my expectations are extremely low, um, but there will be people that were very hyped about the Good Brothers coming back because of what theoretically the act presents. And I think this will be a bit of a back down to earth with a thud moment for a lot of those fans this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... You know what you're getting out of the OC and it ain't And if much. you didn't, you really need to, like, catch up quick. You need to switch on. Yeah, because it's never going to it's never gonna get beyond this. No, like, this is just what they do. It yeah. is just what they do. I, I thought about you and your other fellow Luke Gallows just last night. I was watching, because I was wrestling... In my free time, as well as in the workplace, I was watching a Brian Christopher match from 97 when he was in the full two sexy mode in the um, light heavyweight division, and he's necking on with his own biceps. Like, it's absolutely repulsive how much he's going for his own arms right, and then he hits, like, a sweet-ass Tennessee jam for the finish. It's like, Carlos doesn't do that. 
Yeah. Like, he's like, he's got the Brian Christopher could do, and Gallows doesn't want to. He's got part one. Yeah. Phase one, but he hasn't really got phase two or no. three or four. Actually. <laughs> um, post-match judgment day, enter the fray. Uh, Finn Balor takes the piss out of the OC by doing too sweet, too sweet, <laughs> too sweet, too sweet. Um, and he, he says, did make the act feel quite ancient in that moment, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Like, it was, it didn't, it hadn't occurred to me because Bullet Club aren't as prevalent a concern anymore. But the fact that like, like the remaining members kind of keep it alive because it's worthwhile probably for them, the moich as, any, the moich. as anything else. Finn Balor in a new thing in the freshest he's felt in ages, going like too sweet, too sweet. Like, wow. They aged the Bullet Club all of a sudden, like as a as a motif and as an asset. I think the Bullet Club have aged itself. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's so weird how what the casuals going to think of Too Sweet because it was never actually a thing in <laughs> WWE. It just danced around it sometimes. So I wonder. I do wonder. I do worry. Well, how what are they going to make of this? I do worry about the casuals wondering about Bullet Club and all the rest of it. But you we know, cease and desist. Worrying what the casuals think. If you ask me, I think so. But now I'm just worried. I'm just really concerned about what they would think. Because obviously, if you know, if they were clued in via yeah. exposition, what was going on, then f- millions upon millions would just come flooding back to yeah. watch. Oh well. Anyway, their loss. So in the end, Bala challenges them to a three six man tag. Oh, I was going oh. to say it. I was going to say trio. Uh, to a six man tag yeah. at Crown Jewel, and he talks about his balls. Yeah. He motions towards his balls. Yeah, we got big balls in the show now. So it's a bit of wide play. If Ball heavy. Like, yeah, if you like my goddamn notes. Of <laughs> Kick my goddamn ass. Wait there. And then Dominic Mysterio um, pipes up. And uh, AJ Styles is like, well, why can't we go right now? Why can't we go right now? And Dominic pipes up. And then AJ challenges Dominic Mysterio dream match. Um, and Dominic <laughs> with a nice bit of deadpan says, oh, maybe in an hour. Yeah. I need to get myself, he just like, needs to psych himself up. It's like when you see a scary email at work and you're like, I will address that later on. Yeah. That sounds like a 4.59 on a Friday problem. It sounds like something like the Friday scaries. <laughs> the Friday scaries. The Friday scaries. Friday furies. Friday furies. Genuinely good detail here. Uh, AJ being like, do you just want the match or do you need to ask permission from your mother? And that being a dig at Rhea Ripley, sending Dominic into an absolute fury. Yeah. Like, at the second that Rhea, like, that, like, proper Will Smith, take a name out of your, your mouth. Yeah. Like, he actually did want to swing, and then he remembered who he was. Yeah. Like, I can't go any further than this. I cannot leave my friends, otherwise I get my ass kicked. So I did actually quite like that. Um, aye, Dominic Mysterio, bless him. Um, he will miss this angle, he, the heat, the whole thing. I think I've been full of praise for it, so I've got to be show some balance and, you know, sort of... Uh, not completely sacrifice my credibility. I think he will miss Rey Mysterio unless they keep it very much in the conversation because a lot of, not all of the heat, but a lot of the heat was clearly wrapped up in how like awful it was when he was, when dead, punch me in the face, dead, and how great Rey, what, Rey yeah. wasn't selling that. So Are they the, saving it for Mania? Because there were reports that Rey just never really wanted to do it all along. I think they have to be. I mean... What a thing, by the way, if this move to SmackDown is a shoot because he feels all these feelings. And like we've joked about it, it's like, ah, oh, father and son. Apparently they were convincing him for ages yeah. to do it. He's like, no, they don't want to. They can't go out on the session anymore. That's why he likes it. And, uh, we saw him out and about in Cardiff. He's I just like, want to do this. He has to go on the piss with his son. chic. Yeah. <laughs> so who was it? Theory, Ray, and Dominic. Dominic? Yeah. Out on the session together. And he's like, he's, which if you're Dominic, it's a bit weird. I know. Uh, we the, are very. the clubs with dad. We are very, very old, by the way. I think I might have mentioned this before, but we were having, oh, he's doing this mullet to, like, model himself after Eddie Guerrero because no one actually have a mullet, but apparently, like, 20-something kids like mullets they now. They just do, yeah. It's a Stranger Things thing. Stranger right. Things is massive. There's kids, when I do the school run, mm-hmm. um, wearing, like, Stranger Things merch, and it's like... Yeah. It's like horror. 
It's, well, it's going to be a big Halloween look this year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. They've just seen things. They don't even realise the references. They think they're watching Stranger Things. I might. I wouldn't let James watch the show, of course. He's only seven, but mm. I might just give him a little mullet. Yeah. Just do, because I've got like a razor for my face. If I can just use that and do a custom mullet. Oh, my God, Sidgwick. We've never braved. A bit of a uh, behind the cloth. We've never braved bringing our kids together for a nice day. Yes. You know what I'm thinking? I've got two boys. You've got a boy and a girl. Let's take them trick-or-treating as the judgment day. Yes. Like, Charlotte can be Rhea Ripley. Yes. I'll just have the three boys will apart. Like, obviously, James is now going to be Dominic because he's got the mullet. Like, oh, Char- no, no. Charlie's the oldest of the bunch, so he can be Damien Priest. Yes, he can. Like, <laughs> that hip young gunslinger. Uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Josh actually quite likes cats, so he can be Finn Balor. Yeah. The best yeah, yeah. to get a cat, and I won't let him have one. So there we go. We've got, uh, we'll take the kids out as a judgment day. The only difference is that James is going to be a much better man than I will ever be. <laughs> we can go out as so, the good brothers. That's, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> we'll just completely dog the whole so thing. So I'm more Dominic and he's going to be Ray, I think. But uh, <laughs> I, up next on the actual TV show, Seth Rollins comes out for a promo. Um, he basically just talks about the haters and all the rest of it and then encourages them to sing a song because it's over and they like doing that. And he said he wanted to write a wrong from Extreme Rules um, when he defends the United States title against Matt Riddle, who was um, really deep in his preparation, as we'll <laughs> find out later. The crowd subsequently chant, you tapped out, and Rollins just holds his hands up. Yes, of course I did, mm. but it was strategy. Strategy. Every time I every time I hear the word strategy, you know who I think of Go on. in wrestling? Strategy. No one's speaking to mind. Matt Stryker. Oh, you yeah. Know, every, he's like, what are they of his strategy? He's like, shut up, man. Trying to get his own like dot com show, like yeah, yeah striker yeah. strategy, five point plan, strategy with striker <laughs> with the chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it never happened, did it? No. it never happened. Uh, um, but anyway, why. maybe don't say you're marking out on commentary when your boss is a raging psychopath who hates everything you do. That's good strategy. <laughs> yeah, good probably strategy. Should've, probably should have thought of that, mate. Uh, Mustafa Ali interrupts, congratulates him on winning the title, uh, but wonders why he didn't credit uh, Brock Lesnar for the assist. Um, and he also says, I'm next in line. So if NXT 2.0 is any indication, it'll be about nine months and we'll forget <laughs> about it. I think it's weird when it does happen. Um, but Rollins, and this is really great heel work, I really enjoyed this, like puts Ali over to the hilt. Um, he says, look, you're one of the best guys here. Not enough people know it yet, but I'm sure very soon um, you'll prove to all these people why you've got such a glowing reputation in the back, like you're a good man, you're a good father. Boom! <laughs> Boom! The Wade Barrett right in the face. It's great. It's such a great sucker punch because if someone was to say all these nice things to me, I'd be like, tell me I'm good. God be tell, me I'm good. God be tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. You know, the D Reynolds. Yeah. Like, tell me, I'm good. you're good, you're good, you're good. So they have this brawl. And my God, I don't know if they've done something to these posts but I'm thinking, how is Mustafa Ali's face not imploded? Because Rollins throws him against it, and it's a bing! Yeah. It's beautiful, metallic bing! And it's extremely satisfying. Um, but I thought this was really good. Yeah. Um, Rollins, strange with the Rollins conducting the crowd thing, because they are definitely, definitely now, and it's pronounced in the matches, it was pronounced here, they are definitely setting up a babyface turn, even if it's, say, six to eight months away, aren't they? They are welcoming, more and more and more welcoming people to get in on this yeah, act. Yeah. To the point where eventually, I, I've said this before, I think the Rollins turn happens because he just targets a heel instead of a face. I think nothing changes about this guy, and then the guy he calls out is a bad guy, and that's, yeah. that's pretty much the I hope they don't confirmed. do the earnest, 
like Rara speaks Rollins. Yeah, like he's been beaten down. It's like maybe these clothes are not what makes the men. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, now yeah. they do actually. Yeah, yeah like keep, keep wearing the clothes. Massively helped. Keep wearing the clothes. Yeah, please keep keep wearing the clothes. Uh, it's uh, it's that regular feature. Hamfoot likes Triple H's boring logic. Like Ali was folded in at the right time to revisit it. Now, yeah, I remember yeah. a few weeks ago with the Bobby Lashley stuff, and he gets beat clean. He wants another pop at Bobby Lashley, and Lashley's like, "Yeah, cool, actually." Yeah. and now he feels rightfully so that he's just been like, I love that bit of Rollins, like tough tits, mate. You're the back of my line. I don't yeah, care yeah, where yeah. you win Bobby Lashley's. It's a new cue now. Yeah, I quite like that. So no, I, I didn't just, mind I think it at all. He, Triple H does do that thing where he drops somebody in three weeks before, so that when they comes back around, it's like, oh no, that's not. He's not just plucked this guy out of thin air. There's a reason why they're about. Yeah. So quite like that. That was quite decent. Uh, we get um, an intriguing backstage uh, scene in which a limo with longhorns and JBL sprawled across the <laughs> license plate pulls up to the arena. It's a mystery. <laughs> um, Bailey commentates the next match, which is non-title. Uh, Dakota Sky, uh, Dakota Kai, and Eo Sky rather defeating Bianca Belair and Candice LeRae in twelve minutes. Um, this was a bit of bad, a bit of good because I thought they all grafted. I thought it was really exciting. Didn't outstay its welcome. This is, I think, Triple H has in fact listened. Yeah, because I wasn't the only critical analyst who was saying, you know, what eighty minutes for no real reason is starting to get a real grind on these shows. Yeah. So he's mixing up the format a little bit. This did not outstay its welcome. I thought it was really quite um, well worked. Um, Bianca Belair just on really good form in particular. Um, Candice LeRae, some of her stuff didn't look particularly impactful, but I think she did well to try and get something out of the crowd and her mm-hmm. body language and her grasp of crowd interaction was quite strong where the work was sometimes a little bit off, but God damn it, I couldn't do what she's done and return to wrestling. Nor yeah. could I even be a wrestler. I hate that, um, you haven't taken a bump in your life, kid. Well, yeah, but, you know, no. I haven't <laughs> cooked. Um, you know what I always, I know what I can't cook, but I'd love to cook. Uh-huh. Uh, a poached egg and hollandaise sauce. Right, okay. It's just too finicky for me. Yeah. I can never get a poached egg completely right. Uh-huh. And the hollandaise sauce just always, that's, I'd love, I'd love, it's my favorite breakfast. Can't cook it. That's my wife's thing, that, like, we'll go for posh breakfast. Very rarely, but when we do, she pretty much judges the whole meal based on the quality of the poached egg. Yeah. Because the rationale is if you're going out to, like, buy something that you could definitely make at home and do a half-decent job of. Yes. Poached egg is the one thing at home that remains tricky. Yes. And you want a place that you've paid for to nail it, and when they don't, it kind of, like, it does. Yeah. I can tell. It's kind of, like, soured the whole thing a little bit. Like Absolutely. She, cut, she cuts in. I Like, I can give a take poached eggs. It's not my favourite kind of egg, but, like, when she cuts in and the yolk doesn't run just right, it's like, well, moment's gone. You're not allowed to criticise it because you can't poach an egg. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. We never take the bump and I got them like... Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah. So, Candice LeRae goes 1-2, mm. which isn't ideal. Like, ultimately, you know, you can let it play out a little bit more in Triple H's W, Papa H's WWE. So, maybe they are building Candice LeRae long-term as an underdog who can mm-hmm. eat pins for now. Um, what do you make of all of this? Uh, the match was all right. I'd Like, it didn't blow me away. The... It was a little bit sloppy here and there for the standard that you expect from the four in question. But my bigger issue, and I'd like the crowd weren't super into it, but I'd, we are entering, I've been critical of the women's division in WWE for weeks. Certainly, I don't think it gets enough grief, put it like that. I think we're entering AEW territory. I like that might scan as a bit of an overstatement, but I honestly think... It's good that AEW uses the the shorthand, because it should be. Well, yeah, but like, I de- hit, like this was the one women's match, unless I'm forgetting something. It's... Like, yes, there's more than one segment, but what are we doing here? Like, this was a tag match. Like, Damage Kataral are feuding with Bianca Belair, and that has been the case since they returned. Bailey has got herself another match next week with Bianca Belair because she didn't get pinned. We did say that the ladder match might play into that. 
But why do why do the match then? But there's no development. That's a rule to win, and she won via the rule. Yeah, there's no like. Th- there's probably little developments going on like this. We've observed maybe that this might be this thing where, um, when they lost, uh, when it's like saying you know I tapped out, but you didn't win. Well, he's still yeah won. You, like these were the stipulations you laid out when you lost. So yeah, like yes, I know it's a heelish thing to do, but I think that's a bit lazy myself. Oh, it's very lazy, and I think that like just means the thing didn't matter. Yeah, and I do think that they are great. Leading, lazy. They're leading a Bailey turning babyface. I think. Like, I think they might cut bait on damage Qatar a little bit earlier. Than oh, they should. Think. Maybe after war games, like if and when they lose. Bianca Belair is so great that a, a one-night team with Candice LeRae uh, looks effective, as did her one-night teams with Asuka and Exlibis, because they just pulled those relationships out uh. of thin air as well. It's just the same. There's no... There's not, like, there's not stories being told here. Like, Bianca's got a belt, and there's goodies and baddies. But, like, at this point, what are we fighting over? Like, if Bailey set up a group to take over, I'm a raging my cage, like, I'm full of more rage, like, they've won the tag belts, but she's failed in her stated aim, so, Soz, like, you've got to do something else, you've, you have to go do something else, and instead, we're just back on this treadmill again, and if the matches were blow-away five-star classics, that'd be one thing, but they're not. No, they're definitely not, but this is the grafted, and it was okay, and they got a decent reaction, but not a molten one out of the crowd. Um, if this next segment was left alone, I'll be perfectly happy, but it wasn't, so I'm not. Uh, Kathy Kelly, great to see her. Mm. Interviews Riddle, um, who talks basically about how he's going to beat Rollins and win the title, and that's fine because he should be intent on that um, goal and that stated aim. And he sees Ali out of shot, and he says, look, I will offer you a title. The, the implication being, you know what, you've worked really hard, and yeah. I think you deserve the opportunity. All good babyface stuff. He recognizes... Um, the hard work of others, and he is focused on what really matters. What can possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Um, then they, together, Ali and Riddle, walk up to the Miz because they overhear him going, ah, 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 my fucking I was just going to say Miz Osprey. <laughs> Miz Osprey. Jesus Christ, you can think of two different wrestlers. <laughs> um, so Miz is panicking, and he reckons, so he believes, that he was scared, looking over his shoulder a little bit for Dexter Loomis, and wouldn't you just know it, mm-hmm. slipped, fell down in ass, yep. because a janitor didn't clean up a spill. You know what I liked here, right, mm-hmm. and it's such a minor detail, is that they use the altogether nicer word for the janitor's role, yeah. which is anti-CM Punk couldn't ma- manage a target energy. Mm-hmm. Imagine WWE being a bit more babyface about workers <laughs> yeah. and their value and their real value in the yeah. system. Unbelievable. Um, they don't really believe that his knees and stuff have been shattered or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they sort of take the piss along those lines and say, you know, we'll get some help for you. And yeah. then just book it off. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, it feels like we should collect all this Miz stuff into one. Do you want to do it now or do you want to do it around the match? Yeah, we'll do it now. Okay, right. So the story basically yeah. is that Miz um, claims that he has slipped and fell due to the mistake of a, uh, I don't know the actual nice phrase. What? I don't want to say janitor after putting Oh, no, like, yeah, they're sort of the, somebody... Janitorial technician or something like that, yes. Indeed, indeed. And um, he then gets looked over a few segments later um, in the training room when he's interviewed by... um, uh, I've lost my train of thought. Um, so he's in the training room. It's like a roving reporter. I can't be the one who he does this because he does commentary now. Leave, leave his desk. 
Kevin Patrick, who leaves his desk because he's still a broadcast journalist and he's found the scoop. How's he found the scoop? It was... It was a Kevin Patrick. It was, I wasn't hate, it? I hate to correct you, but I thought you were setting up a bit because it was Byron Saxton, uh, which would have allowed us to give one almighty... Hell yeah! yeah! For him actually having something to do, bless him. Uh, yeah. But that's Byron for I you, thought it was Kevin Patrick. Doesn't half blend in the background. You know what? You know what's happened to you? I've made a mistake. I have. But Kevin Patrick was so iconic in the role, <laughs> he's and he's such a great scoopster. Yeah. That sometimes I'll say in a news article if I'm happen to be aggregating something. You no, know, Sean Ross Sapp came through. Yeah. But it turns out it was like Keller or uh-huh. Mike Johnson, just because they're still great at what they do. But Sean Ross Sapp is considered like the preeminent scoopster of the day. Owns the role. So I think, he just, yeah, much like Kevin Patrick, Sean Ross, I just he's so good at scoops. Kevin Patrick, that just go there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Byron Saxton. It reminded me of one of the funniest, like, early, it was either, like, DX, as Sean and Triple H, or very early Outlaws, where they were just being arseholes backstage, and they uh, they shooed Michael Cole out of the way because they were getting up to no good. And they just they were like, get out of the way, Todd. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Get out of the way. So anyway, Byron Saxton. He's got the scoop. So he's been speaking to some people in the building, mm-hmm. eyewitnesses, if you will, and they've said that the Miz appears um, to have potentially kind of tried to pull the wool over people's eyes here oh, because um, Baron Saxon's went, mm, let's check the old uh, cleaning charts. And apparently it's not been cleaned, the building, since last night before the show was even held. Evidence. 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 May as well let the doctor even touch the family. Yeah. He just says, just put me in surgery now, I can't deal with the pain. Yeah. Like terrible comedy, realistic, but maybe, maybe his delivery puts it over slightly because you know he, he knows what he's doing. And uh, the Miz just bristles at the suggestion. Don't know what you're talking about. Do not know what you're talking about. And then you hear a voice out with shot, and it's kind of unmistakable, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so why would the Miz fall for it? But hey, look, it's Dexter Loomis, and the Miz pops up in life. Where, 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 where? And it's like, oh, hang on. How are you putting all that weight on your apparently devastated knee? Yeah. And as it turns out, you're trying to get out of the goddamn match. Phony faker. He's a phony faker. So then subsequent to that, uh, the Miz and Gargano have a conversation. And like I said all along, <laughs> there was more to this Miz Dexter Loomis storyline yeah. than simply Dexter Loomis wants to kill the Miz. Because if you recall, I was like, you know what? There's something going on here. Mm. So if you recall, people were saying, why can't you just tell people what happened? Tell people what happened. Yeah. They'll be able to file charges and all the rest of it. And it was like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. So Johnny Gargano has reaffirmed my opinion on this and said, you know, I can cancel you for what you did and what's the real reason that Dexter's going after you? And Miz is like, there's no secret. He's just a maniac. And Gargano says, you know, there's something to this. Just like I thought there was something to this. Um, So the implication is that Miz has done something to piss off Dexter Loomis. Gargano's got a whistle now, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm I'm getting to that. Major poop scooper energy sticking out that whistle. (laughs) And the Miz... Is just no, 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 no. He's just a maniac. He's just a maniac. And Gargano goes, "Look, I know the reason why he's targeting you, and you kind of deserve it." And in the next segment, I believe, mm. um, Gargano catches up with Miz backstage with a whistle, and they try and hang a lantern on this of, "All right, it's stupid, but it's just what we do here in WWE." Mm-hmm. Where he's got a whistle, he goes, "I got a whistle." This is Gargano, and it's for dramatic effect. And I might just blow the whistle on the whole reason why Dexter Loomis is targeting you. 
and misses again. No, 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 no. So that's the show-long build to the match yeah. we're going to get between The Miz and Dexter Loomis later on tonight. And if you kind of tell by the staccato, my dickhead computer... <laughs> There's probably a setting where it says, you know, just leave it for 15 pop, minutes. It? Yeah. 15 minutes before we're shut down. But you know what? I can't be asked. So anyway, um, after the first scene where the Miz orchestrates this indus- uh, injury, Cora Jade approaches Rhea Ripley backstage and says, oh, look, we've got this picky poison gimmick going on. Don't worry about AEW. <laughs> <laughs> just watch this instead because it's uh, we're going to have some really cool matches with some main roster stars. And basically, they say that... Uh, <coughs> Cora Jade wants Ripley to be the partner mm-hmm. and Ripley says that she was once tag team partners with Raquel Rodriguez yeah I had a memory of them holding the belts up together and I realised because I had to google it it was a false memory it was that scene on NXT Berenstein Bears where they just had all yeah champions together remember that like all the like it was Bianca, Rhea and uh, Raquel at all but just with it lined up hold your belts up love like it was after an NXT yes, after WrestleMania. Yes, 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 yes. Just yes. all of them straight, like, yeah. small in the stature, straight away. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Were they ever a tag team? I think they were. I think they were a main roster tag team ever so briefly last year in the constant rotation. You remember, like, well, you might not remember, Rhea Ripley teamed with Liv Morgan at WrestleMania. That's how many, like... No. Uh-huh. Oh, was that for the four-way? Yeah. Like their when Selena Vega did that sort of Destino... Yeah. Moonsault Destino oh, yeah. thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That was kind of a botch, actually. <laughs> still absolutely, it's still absolutely fantastic. Basically, Ripley agrees, and that match goes down. Rhea Ripley a, versus Cora Jade. I don't mind. That. Should be pre- Is it Rhea Ripley versus Cora Jade? No, it's, it's Rhea uh, Roxanne Ripley. Perez. Yeah, yeah that and should that, be great. Like it's the symmetry as well, isn't it? It's like uh, Roxanne Perez got a SmackDown, uh, SmackDown, and picks the biggest and most dangerous like weapon that SmackDown's women's division has got theoretically, and then Cora Jade does the exact same. Like Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez are both well. And like Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez are both big. So that gets to be the easy one. And then they're going to set up a tag match for next week, which means more than Ross Stars on the Wednesday show. Bit of symmetry. <laughs> and speaking of symmetry, they're trying to create a little bit of symmetry between JBL and Baron Corbin, who are basically drawn together because they are tall, rich guys mm. who have never been fashionable professional wrestlers in terms of work rate and whatnot. Yep. And JBL has said, much like in 2004, um, I was just the god of wrestling. Baron Corbin is your new god of wrestling. This never works, mm-hmm. ever, ever. All you get is, um, look, I'm not saying JBL's Ric Flair and Baron Corbin's AJ Styles, but on a similar principle, the new something never works, never has. On this evidence, I doubt it ever will. Um, but JBL, you know, he says he's got an announcement. He wants to apologize for doing it in Oklahoma, buries the fans for the heat. Um, Brought up some football. All the rest of it. We know he's a listener. So JBL also said that, look, with Rey Mysterio gone, um, it just confirms everything I thought about him all along. He's a deadbeat dad who wears a mask because he's too <laughs> embarrassed about the real man that he is. Really good Quite stuff. Quite good he still resents him for retiring him. Yeah, like no, he I really, really holds on to that. I right? really, really did appreciate that detail, in fact, actually. <laughs> um, he says, look, there's a void now. Rey Mysterio's gone to SmackDown. That's it now. It's forever. Even though Moss is going to SmackDown <laughs> to confront good. Braun Strowman, like, make it make sense, you yeah. idiot. I, I thought the whole point was... Trade. Yeah, I thought the whole point was, oh, well, it just makes sense now. So Vincent Mans didn't, and that's why he's got seven stars. Yeah. Seven-star product now, because it makes sense. Well, make it make sense, because this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Regardless, in a, a particularly great trade, actually, mm. um, Rey Mysterio has been replaced by 
Um, Baron Corbin, for whom JBL has pulled the strings and now is acting as his manager. Um, and he says this is, it, it is sorry as big as the New York Yankees acquiring Babe Ruth. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seemingly out of nowhere, but not really because that's who his opponent is. He just yeah. buries Dolph Ziggler, who is a former world heavyweight champion, former multi-time, multi-time intercontinental and United States champion, someone who is considered worthy of WWE title programs in just as recently as 2019 and, in fact, 2020 against yeah. Drew McIntyre, uh, Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre, respectively. Um, he says he doesn't steal a show. He's been stealing a living for 19 years. Cool, just retroactively kill all your titles and accomplishments and all yeah. the rest of it. I know it's heat, but there's certain things you just don't say because it's kind of true, actually. And we always say, so if Baron beats him, who's he actually even beat? You know? That's yeah, that, exactly. That age old, isn't it? Exactly. Like if, he's, if he's nothing. And he took he quite a while to beat Dolph Ziggler. Too long, if actually. Anything, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for actually to pop up on Twitter now. Yeah. We're, we're trying to get that one over in case you haven't noticed. Yeah, they have this I think really. They probably have, actually. <laughs> yeah, they have, actually. Um, there's this back and forth 14 minute long match where it's like, if you oh, took boy. that, if he's such a job who's been stealing a living and you're taking 40 minutes to put him away. This is just completely overthought. I think the idea was they want to prove that and trying to accomplish too many things at once mm. in which, uh, you know, Ziggler isn't some schlub who's been stealing a living. He's going to go back and forth for 14 minutes with this new um, powerhouse guy, retooled Baron Corbin. Could he not have just squashed someone yep. in three minutes? Just try not to... Uh, it was just very unfocused, all of this. I think it's a bad idea um, in the first place because the new X, whatever, never works. This match kind of got a reaction, though. Yeah. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't particularly great. I don't think it was necessarily a great idea. But look, the fans were kind of into it by the finish, even if I wasn't and thought it could have been accomplished, this sort of relaunch, in a much different way. But um, I thought JBL and commentary was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, better than Baron Corbin in the ring, actually. <laughs> and, uh, I loved... Uh, what did he say? He's an American sports reference. Ball game! As Ball soon game. as he hit end of days. He did yeah. so much to put that finish over... And look, the idea is that Baron Corbin is going to defiantly wrestle a unfashionable style using sort of lots of power moves and um, deadlift power moves with the idea that he's going to be differentiated mm. from your Garganos and your Gables and all the cult favorites. It's Baron Corbin stock and trade from NXT, which they've tried to apply, over which they've tried to apply a bit of main roster gloss with the new theme and the introduction of JBL. But it was basically... Baron Corbin killing your indie darlings and your smaller guys. Um, I thought JBL and commentary was fantastic. I thought the match, while decent for a Corbin match in and of itself, didn't really fit the relaunch of the character. But what do I know because the crowd were into it? Well, I think you know plenty um, because I agree with how kind of like it was kind of like multifariously icky this was. The new thing is always more of a stench than a rebrand or a label, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'd say you're a lesser than. Regardless of how you're being presented, yeah. so that never helps. Um, I thought I like Corbin for that exact way that you've described in there as a as a kind of a spoiler. You know when he turned it on in the King of the Ring a couple of years ago and then elected not to and just wanted to be a bastard. And he strikes me as a person that understands the difference between the heat he can get and the heat that Vincent Mann always insisted that he get. Yeah, you know, the, 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 as a performer, I think he understands the difference. Um, and I could see, and I think that's ultimately why the crowd got into it here, because he, that was what he was deploying by the end of this, and he's fought Dolph Ziggler back a million times, yeah. it's impossible to care about these two as a pairing, but you certainly got that towards the end of the match, but the rest of it, I, it just didn't feel like 
You know when you need something like this to click almost straight away? Like, yes, you can develop chemistry, and yes, acts can grow, and, you know, Corbin can be nurtured underneath JBL over time, but it instantly felt a bit off. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Like, I didn't like Corbin's look. Either oh, his way, gear was his awful. Gear was He's never got good gear. Like, I liked his happy Corbin thing, oddly enough. You know the kind of Grayson Waller adjacent thing where he's like he's just come from the casino and he's yeah. got his Hawaiian shirt and his white Panama hat and all that and the slacks and that. It's, I thought that made it made sense in the character, but I thought it worked for him as well. Um, I, this was like a return to that, again, that King Ring wrestler era thing, but I just, he looks... He's a funny size and shape, Corbin, because he's massive and he's tall. But then there's some gear that makes him look smaller in stature than others. Yeah. And the best deal is one of those always. And I just, I don't know how he, again, like, he must like it or he must stand there and he thinks some things extenuate his positives more than others. But I just thought the look wasn't great. The match ran too long, even if it was, like, broadly quite effective by the end. Um, it's going to take a while before. And this was the thing for me, you know. JBL, the, the comments rang too true. Because I'm no JBL guy, really. No. And I think his legacy is grossly overstated, no matter even if he had six decent months on the microphone. And yet, he felt it speaks to how this company has been on pause forever under Vince McMahon because he still felt like he was overshadowing Baron Corbin. And Baron Corbin is no call-up. He's been at this six years. It's almost icky for somebody that's been there six years to then think they have to go all the way back and be someone's new this or someone's new that. I saw a, a tweet referencing how weird it was when um, during the power trip and it made sense to have all the belts. But Triple H was this proper established megastar, and he was suddenly wearing the Intercontinental title. Yeah. And it's, like, it is, it's really hard to go backwards in that. It used to be. Not now. Anyone wins any other thing. Oh, God, yeah. But certainly it used to be that way. We're like, well, you're there now. You have to kind of live there. 
Corbyn was living higher up than like the new JBL, and it's almost an acknowledgement of a massive back step. And I'm quite enjoying analysing how Triple H views the guys he likes and the guys he doesn't like. I don't think he likes Corbyn, but I think he wants to try with him. But this is the most you're going to get in terms of a try. Yeah. Uh, I'm not convinced it's going to work. Um, like, there was a certain rockabilly, honky-tonk man energy to this. Yeah. And this is going to be the making of him. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree wholeheartedly with all of that. Um, up next was more of the Miz stuff that we've just covered. And then we get a backstage interview with MVP and a Moss. The basic said we're coming to SmackDown. I quite like this. Like, what was he saying? He was like, monsters aren't real, but giants are. That was a great line. That yeah. was a great line. That was MVP saying that. That was a great line. And it's evidently true. Mm. He's bigger than you. Yes. And, that, and, and in MVP's mind, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I just can't do this thing where Dominic Mysterio simply cannot get his hands on Ray. And Ray just must move to a different yeah. brand <laughs> to avoid this the tumultuous period in his personal life, which he just simply can't bear anymore. Dominic Mysterio could just go to SmackDown. What are the, like, what are the rules? Well, that was it. Like, on Not the night, knowing the rules is the most irritating bloody thing. On the night Ray got his deal in his dream, uh, Omos was there, wasn't he? Like, Ray was like, I'm going to have to quit the company. And Triple H was like, don't worry, Ray, we'll figure it out. Just come here instead. And then, like, 10 minutes later, Omos was in the crowd. So they they did it on the very night Ray made the jump. So, they've they, yeah, failing to acknowledge that is one thing, but it's quite another when you abuse it on the very same episode. Yeah. That's happened twice in a row now. Yeah, just absolutely just farcical. Um, back-to-back segments as well. Yeah. R- just ridiculous. Uh, backstage, Cameron Grimes! <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Approaches, Styles and the OC. Always when he's on holiday, isn't it? Like little bits like this, little very well-born things yeah. happening and he's not around to see it. So Cameron Grimes makes his Raw debut and he says, look, I'm having a bit of trouble with the schism, guys. <laughs> you know how it is. Can you imagine Galvin Anderson just thinking, who? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? Everyone knows who the schism Everyone watches NXT. Sign a contract and fight the union. And, uh, like, bloody, oh, <laughs> Carl that. Anderson's not, this is not a bright lights night for Carl Anderson, is it? <laughs> and they try to do some modern jokes, I guess. Where Gallows apparently has been watching, actually. Mm. He says, oh, this guy's got money. He might be able to pay us out the ass. Yeah, kiss ash. We work in kiss ash only. Kiss ash only. And he's like, oh, it's crypto money. And crypto's kind of gone off the boil a little bit. And Styles is trying. Oh, you guys never change. They don't. (laughs) That's the best thing about them, AJ. They don't change. They don't improve. They just do stupid stuff and get paid. Styles has read some stuff about crypto as well. Strikes me as a guy that like, yeah, I got to send a couple of links about crypto, actually. Some nice guys at a conference. At a conference. Send me some uh, hyperlinks, and I learned some pretty cool stuff about crypto. How's he saved his fortune? AJ. Yeah. (laughs) Just like bags. Burlap sacks with dollar signs on under his bed. Hey, Wendy, don't go to the bed. She's like thinking, oh, God, I found a stash of porn. It's just bags of cash. They're more resilient from the TNA game. Don't spend it. What are you in? <laughs> well, I bought the Jaguar, only I couldn't because they wouldn't take my dollars. What's wrong with the dollars? What's wrong with America? I thought this was America. It's Japan. It's AJ. Japan, AJ. You're a frick. Well, how, wait a minute. We were flying in that straight line for an awful long time before we made it here to Japan. Japan. <laughs> in Asia. 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 In Asia. A I S E R. Uh, we've got the uh, bright. That match is set anyway. We can preview that, can't we? Oh, we We've got that for later, haven't we? Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> uh, we've got promised an abundance of NXT content this week. We've got a lot of absences. We'll do what we can. And workloads, but yeah, maybe I won't. Um, do what I can, actually. <laughs> but uh, we've got the Bray Wyatt segment from SmackDown recapped. Yep. 
And if you want our thoughts on that long form, go and listen to the SmackDown review mm. if you haven't already because Dadley's analyzed uh, what we thought the hell was going on there at the top of our crown jewel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And up next, um, in a 15-minute match, Dominic Mysterio defeats AJ Styles. Skip. And it's... Skip. Skip means skip. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling-related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. Well, look, the way the five-star review review works, if you're a first-time listener and you've made it this far, is that instead of a god-awful segment on Raw, we want you to submit our listeners something short, crap, and wrestling-related in its place. But unfortunately, and in order to do this, by the way, you have to... Give us a five-star review. Fully algorithm, actually. On, uh, fully, fully algorithm, <laughs> Uncle Al. Actually. That's what they've been calling it, haven't it? Uncle Algorithm. <laughs> algorithm. Um, either on Apple or Spotify. Um, we don't know on Spotify, so you have to do a screenshot. Mm-hmm. But the entries are emailed to Ed and Will Bourne. Ed and Will Bourne. Um, unfortunately, not to me. So we don't have anything yep. traditional prepped. But Mike Lavlin's got an idea. I, uh, I've never been to Asia, but I have been to America. I've been to America. And I goddamn love that place so much. It's, it's actually, it's great, yeah, actually. It's, it's despite, actually. Despite the uh, jokes, it's great, actually. You know what's great about America? On VK. On VK. On VK. Not necessarily the uh, living... Uh... It's not ideal. I tell you what is ideal in America. Food. Sports. And, yeah. And, uh, and the food. Goddamn the food and the drink. Oh, my God. Sports. We, uh, yesterday, on the podcast, if you weren't listening to the Raw preview, we learned of uh, the, uh, the Big 12 Conference. Which made us laugh. So we went. How many, how many teams in there? Ten. <laughs> which we didn't even. I was looking through the list, and we were popping so much at the names, the Horn Frogs, that we uh, didn't even notice that there was only ten teams in the Big Twelve. This led to a bunch of conversations. We were uh, our ignorant asses were educated on Twitter. Um, there's another. I think it's. Um, there's like another conference called like the Big Ten, uh, where it's getting planned. There's going to be fourteen teams, or like the Big Twelve is going to move to fourteen sooner or later. So, uh, God damn, love it over there, man. But. In the absence of a five-star review review this week, um, thought we'd uh, line up based on yesterday. A little bit of a game. It's time to play the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, take the old Seth Express across the, uh, the Route 71 to all the various states, and I've done a bit of homework. Huge into sports, all sorts of sports. This is going to include uh, baseball, slam dunk, uh, basketball. Home run! And, of course, the beloved... Traveling! <laughs> beloved! Football! 33, 86, 44! What are them numbers about? You know when they're around the guys uh, and they're shouting numbers? I think it's to do with plays. It, but if you're shouting like the numbers, surely the defense can hear it. But like, hey, Mark, 44, he just said 44. I don't know. Yeah, but they don't know what the plays are. Oh, they don't know the plays. They haven't seen the, the coach's plays. No, they haven't. Well, triangles and arrows and stuff. Anyway, been around the country, and I've uh, found some sports teams, and I thought, as a uh, sort of, if I didn't get it on the review, uh, preview yesterday, you can get it today. I'm going to give you the... Basically, just to condense that as well, we took the piss out of American <laughs> sports teams and their sh- like ridiculous quirks, and about six people popped for this on yeah. Twitter, so we thought... And we were laughing all day Thousands it, of people so can listen to it now as well. We've extrapolated that to make sense that this could become a semi-regular feature. I'm going to give you the uh, location... And I'll give you the sport, obviously, because it jumps around a little bit here. And all you've got to do, all you got to do, Cedric, is tell me the name of the team, okay? Okay. So we're going to start. How many have we got? Ten. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's ten. It's, it's the Big Ten Conference. 
Devon Boys Big Ten Conference. Yeah, that's 12. That should mean there should be 11, actually. <laughs> I deleted one by accident. Otherwise, it would have 11. Something wing nuts, because that made me laugh. Because Sunderland had a bald football player once. He was called... Uh, Sunderland. He was called Stephen Wright, and uh, he was a left back. And I goddamn popped my tits off when somebody in the crowd said, Mark up, righty, you wing nut. Because he had big ears and a bald head. <laughs> and that changed everything for me. <laughs> my mate, sorry, just before you go on, got bollocked off uh, Stephen Carr. Right, he was like uh, the mood in the year in the stadium wasn't particularly great. Mm. If I've got my timeline correct, I think Stephen Carr was like a post Bobby. Uh-huh. We were we weren't good, <laughs> not so good, Al. Uh, Mid two thousands, and Stephen Carr, he'd already had his sort of Newcastle had the reputation of right, okay, well they're a bit rubbish, but they pay out the ass. Mm-hmm. So I'll do my career once I've kind of stopped trying a bit. I'll just go. To the tune. Yeah. So you had like Nicky Butt uh, and Stephen Carr and players of this ilk. Damien Dove. Mm. Where it's like they're kind of past it, but they've fooled you into paying the money. And this, it was a terrible Newcastle home performance. And uh, my mate Tom, uh, when he was like f- 15 rows up from the touchline, um, the ball went out for a throw-in. <laughs> Stephen Carr went to pick it up. My mate Tom, uh, when here, man, do you deliberately play this crap? That is on purpose. Stephen Carr picked up the ball and looked at him and was like, mouth F off. Deliberately, deliberately. Just so funny, man. Are you for real? Right. We're going to go to uh, the minor leagues of baseball. Uh, It's Montgomery, Alabama, as you will already know, a double-A affiliate of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. So the uh, Montgomery baseball team in Alabama. Jesus could get into trouble, yeah. Um, the Montgomery... The Montgomery Hurricanes. Not even close. It's the Montgomery Biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Reading from the website that educated me about the Montgomery Biscuits, there is a logo using butter for a tongue that is a nice touch, I guess. Those big rectangle yellow gimmicks. Yeah. Like it's got a biscuit now. Like sneaking around the back of an M. Hey, don't forget the biscuit. There's an M. Don't forget Mr. Biscuit. Biscuit, yeah. The Montgomery Biscuit. I'm going to need a screenshot of this to verify. I'll show you them after we finish recording. Next one. If you were going to look up, uh, if you were going to use Webster's Dictionary to define football names, you would come up with Webster University words. Not even close again. It's the Webster University Gorlocks. Is that a thing? What's a Gorlock? A Gorlock is a make-believe creature designed by staff and students through a contest in the 90s. You got like the most famous dictionary in the world and you can't just look through it to find an animal, apparently. Gotta be a Gorlock. Got to be a Gorlock. I'll show you this afterwards because I don't want to spoil some of the others I've got in front of my screen. It's, I mean, it's a made-up animal, all right, because it's about six different animals. It's got, like, weird long rabbit ears. It's got some whiskers and a big nose. It's got sort of sharp claws and a big old W. Uh, Webster, for the win. For the, for the win, for the win. The Webster. We're going back to the minor leagues of baseball. This time it's the Class A advanced affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. Um, we're going to Modesto. Fine district of California, IA. The Modesto. The Modesto. What's uh? They like to be uh quite quite cute with their uh you know their native animals. <laughs> so what about the Modesto? The Modesto geckos. 
Close, but not even close, actually. I wish I had the button lined up. It's the Modesto Nuts. These nuts. There we go. There we go. So picture, comedy is all about timing. Picture the scene. Okay. It's 1895, and you're in Rapid City, South Dakota. And just hanging out with Tommaso Ciampa. Hanging out with Tommaso Ciampa, scoring touchdowns, kissing chicks. And you go to the South Dakota school, and you play football for the South Dakota School of Mines. Mines. The South Dakota School of Mines. I don't know if South Dakota's got mines. Mines. M-I-N-E-S. All right, okay. Mines. Doing some diamond mining with old uh, Roddy Strong and the Creeds. What are the South Dakota School of Mines football team known as? I don't think it's going to be the Miners because that would make too much sense. I'll give you a clue, actually. They were first known as the Long Hairs. <laughs> that is a clue. <laughs> so the South Dakota School of Mines diggers. No. The Hard Rockers. Long Okay, we're heading over to Michigan, obviously. What's this number? Uh, number five. Okay. Uh, it's Frontier League Baseball. Um, scenic, beautiful Lake Michigan. What might uh, help you out there when you're thinking of the Traverse City baseball team? Traverse City, right near Lake Michigan. The Traverse City Water walkers. So close. So close. It's the Traverse City Beach Bums. <laughs> You've seen the episode of The Office Beach, Dan. It's a beach by Lake Scranton. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not comfortable with Americans thinking that you can have a beach by a lake. I know yeah. it's like a long way to get out to the coast. Tony Khan thinks he can. If you slap bang, yeah, if you slap bang in the middle of it, it's going to have to be a lake. Because yeah, yeah. you've got the oceans that are like hundreds of miles, but it just doesn't feel right. Okay. This is a bit of an obvious one. Because, you know... We've talked about animals and how this often it's like an animal just related to yeah, a place. Yeah, yeah. It's just so so identifiable with a place. We're uh, we're going to the University of Missouri, Kansas City, in fact, which uh, might help get the old uh, to get the old brain uh, sort of ticking here. University of Missouri, Kansas City, uh, college athletics, by the way. Okay, the Kansas City Ogres. No. <laughs> So I got zero points. It is zero so far. You, you're, uh, you're not exactly, uh, what, what did JBL say in this promo? He was talking about, uh, we got uh, halfway to 100, we scored against you. It's like, I love that there's a spot where you can score halfway to 100. Imagine saying that in football. Like, I would City getting against my United, I got halfway to 100. 50 nil. That's space sport. <laughs> no, it's, uh, of course, obviously the animal most associated with Kansas City. It's the University of Missouri, Kansas City Kangaroos. <laughs> Wet. Did <laughs> Getting down to the nitty gritty, uh, we're heading to uh, your boy's hometown. We're going to Jackson. God, this is as difficult as trig. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got Miss Johnson's trig. All right, come on. You want to meet me in study hall <laughs> after recess? Wait. Awful. I know, I know, I know. How does Will Bond do this without alienating all the listeners? Because I'm hearing people enough, enough, enough of this. But nope, there's more to go. Yeah, we're in Jacksonville. Ah, uh, there in uh, 2020 in Jacksonville. Uh, baseball, the Double A affiliate of the Miami Marlins. It's the Jacksonville. Right. Okay. Florida Alligators. 
crocodiles. <laughs> um, the uh, what else? What else? What animals did I see when I was over there? I just saw, I saw uh, an alligator on the highway. Yeah, back in two thousand one. Um, but we know that America is not that sensible, so it won't be the alligators. It will be the Jacksonville. The Jacksonville Avalanche. That's right. It's the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> Not even shrimps. It'd have to be Jumbo if it's America. Ball food. Baseball. How's that intimidating? I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of intimidating, we're uh, we're sticking in the AA affiliate minor league baseball, something, but it's of uh, the Cleveland Indians. Is it intercollegiate? It might be intercollegiate. I know that right now we're in Akron, Ohio. Oh, Akron. The Akron what? Uh, so the theme is interesting that you said intimidating because I would be pretty scared to line up against these Akron assholes. That's not the name. <laughs> it actually be better than half of these, actually. Uh, the Akron... Labradors. No, take a bath, asshole, because it's the Akron Rubber Ducks. <laughs> you're making this. Up. I'm not. Two, two go. Two go. You're uh, you're batting a zero or a point zero, however they. I don't actually know how it works. Not batting a thousand. I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, this is my this is my favorite because there's like a series of American words. Uh, I love this place name. Always liked it for some reason. We're in Binghamton, New York. Binghamton. Binghamton, New York. Uh, relatively new. Established 2017. Baseball again. Double affiliate of the New York Mets. The nine Mets are my favorite squadron. Binghamton. Hit me. The Binghamton. Right there. The. Um. <laughs> The Binghamton Squids. No, but at this point, you know, it, it was a worthwhile guess. The Binghamton Rumble Ponies. <laughs> Horse was in a fight. What more do you want? That doesn't say baseball to you. What does? And last but not least, take this one. Save this one to last on purpose. <laughs> Mike Sidrick, where did you go on your honeymoon? I went to San Francisco, oh, California. Sorry, yeah. no, let me get that right again. Where did you go as one big last? Like, love... Love you, wife. Please, can we go to this place before we start a family and can't do this sort of thing much? New Orleans. That's right, you did. So did you take in uh, any baseball while you were over there? No, but we did take in baseball at San Francisco. Ah. And I got horrifically sunburned, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that won't help, then, because I'm going to need the New Orleans baseball team name, please. They're a AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins. I, I feel like that's been re- said already. Remember the San Francisco team. Uh You've, uh, you've you've uh, eaten and drank in New Orleans. Celebrated the food and drink, in fact, in New Orleans, didn't the you? The New Orleans gumbo. No. I mean, I'm going to give you one more guess at this, because I know that place means quite a lot to you. That's yeah. mini 30 weekend. Unbelievable time. The New Orleans po' boys. <laughs> it's <laughs> New Orleans baby cakes. Oh. There it is. That's, and that's our 10. Uh, here's the town, right? Galvez here struck out. Like, what's wrong with City and United? I know. <laughs> City, United, Rovers, Athletic. We've got some daft ones, like the Leighton Orient. 
Hamilton Academicals. <laughs> That's Scotch, actually. That's uh, Andy H. Murray's Nation to the North. They kind of weird up there. Partake this, Al. <laughs> Inverness Caledonian this, Al. Glasgow, I love Glasgow, by the way. Glasgow, Glasgow Rangers. Celtic, Glasgow Rangers. You do have the MK Dwans. Dwans. Um, that's, that's, that's just it. Yeah, Everything else is normal. The, 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 this is a love letter. This whole feature has been a love letter. We like that. These I want to go to America Boston. again. Oh, no. I want to go back. <laughs> back to America. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. In America. <laughs> Anyway, uh, who won? Um, oh, yeah, Dominic Mysterio <laughs> beat AJ Styles. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio just beats AJ Styles. That's yeah. great. I, I, I really, uh, in their defense, they saw this as like the shock of all shocks. Yeah, they did. But it was so stupid. Everything about this company is so stupid, and it remains that way. They saw it as the shock of all shocks. Oh, my God. Like Goober, who, by the way, we're going to have to, at some point, I think, make you take him seriously before he beats his dad up yeah. in, a, in a match. He's <laughs> just beaten AJ Styles. Did he see Finn Balor? Yeah, Finn Balor celebrated like the winner in a Champions League semi-final. It was incredible. Their celebrations, a bit like when he turned, are oh, great. Yeah, they pull good faces. They, yeah. they cannot believe that this is this has transpired. Yes, it's just absolutely great. But anyway, it's like, oh my god, he beat him after like 15 minutes of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't be that much of a surprise. He's a former tag team champion. Competitive back and forth. Then again, so is Nicholas. Yeah, so is Nicholas. Um, so basically. Yeah, the big shock, big celebrations. Finn Balor is absolute banter. There's more terrible um, Gargano Miz material, the stuff with the, uh, the whistle blowing. Basically, Gargano is Zach Morris. Yeah. And it's absolutely abysmal. And uh, Dexter Loomis <laughs> and the Miz doesn't happen yeah. because it's Dexter Loomis complete with Tron. It's not like Eddie Kingston going, I don't work here yet, yeah. so I shouldn't have entrance music, but you can give me a promo and I'll sell the match that way. Let's make it seem realistic, right? Dexter Lewis has got the full Tron, the full weeks, and... Uh, probably get Pyro if he was banished. He has the bit where he has the mandated walking out, right? Here's the bit where the camera's going to get me, putting on the glove, yeah. his killing glove. Now, wouldn't you just bloody know it? With a Hulk Hogan F-U-N-B T-H-A-R shot, <laughs> hits Dexter Lewis in the back. Ow, It hurts. So Dexter Lewis is like sort of bent over in order to um, more safely than other areas of the body absorb the chair shots on his back. But this is even safer than that. He values safety. Just like you told Daniel Bryan back in 2016. So rather than hit him across the, sur- the upper surface of the back so that the, um, the surface area better distributes the pain, mm-hmm. he just decides to hit the ramp yeah. over and over and over again. And he, he didn't go. It's nice that he's looking after the guy, but come on at the same time. If you do things like this in moderation, just hit him in the back with a chair. That's what we're all here for. Where and he d- couldn't even do that, and the match is off. Well, this is it. Like he wasn't laying it in, and it, that's what it looked like. Unfortunately, this was Liv Morgan esque as well. From considering that we just had weak chair shots in another match less than two weeks ago. Well, let's call him out. This was a grim bait and switch. Even if they've thrown out the hook of a, the next development, Dexter Loomis is not just a murderer; he's also blackmailing somebody. That's what's happening here. He's got some information on the Miz. Um, but that's not an excuse to promote a match for a full week that is a payoff that people were either keen to see or keen to just get out the way. Yes. And then not to like, this is cheap. Cheap and lazy and rubbish. Uh, and just quickly, what's what's the miss done? Like my theory, my working theory, is that they've come up with something unconscionably cruel that he's done to Tommaso Champa to explain why Champa is suddenly no longer by his side. Champa has passed information on to Gargano, who has always had a sideline to Dexter, and that's where we're at. But 
getting cancelled. Like they're stacking three faces against one heel storyline. That old favourite. Yes. That old favourite, yeah. DIY and Dexter Lemus versus The Miz and nobody. Like, what has The Miz done that would cost him everything? Ageism against Champa. Good. Yes, I like that. He, Miz would be good as a teenager saying, oh, man, Champa gives me the creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going past on his skateboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would enjoy that uh, greatly. Um, so, f- subsequent to that debacle, Count Damage Katarl do a backstage interview. Basically said they're going to take back control uh, next week. Get and they made sure to name drop Alexa Bliss and Asuka not being there because of them, which probably means that they're going to play a part in the finish, yeah. setting up more war game stuff. Um, then well, we it's get not going to be setting up much for Crown Jewel, is it? I don't imagine. Yes, absolutely. And then we get the last Gargano mid stuff. I think this is where he gets the whistle. The, the, the secret that could get him cancelled and all the rest of it. Then we get the return of Elias and says that his younger brother's career was tragically cut short. But, you know, we have a saying in our family and that is the show must go on. Tragically is correct, by the way. Yes. As a shoot. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm I, going to see the back of if you're going to do bollocks, which you are doing on this show, yeah. you've got no, there's no right to take... Oh, I can't do Ezekiel. That's, that, that's bollocks. Yeah. Come on, that's stupid. We're, we don't do that kind of thing on this show anymore. And then we got this instead. Um, so it's... Elias said, I want to do something different. He's got a piano instead of a guitar. Mm-hmm. But he's interrupted by Riddle. And he's got with him a pair of bong-os. Yep. Okay. And the subtext there is like he smokes weed. Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, I yeah, thought yeah. he was just banging into drums. And he smokes weed. Because I like I used to play drums a bit as a kid. The, appara- the apparatus is that it? he uses to smoke weed is a bong. Oh, now it's clear to me. Because I, I, yes, he's played drums when I was a kid, and I would often, when I had bongos with me, if we were, like, improvising or whatever, trying to just jam and come up with something, I'd be like, like, here, do you want to hit on my bong? Because that's definitely how you offer somebody to play on your yeah, bongos. Yeah, yeah. So I would, had no reason to assume any different. Yeah. So fair play. Like, fair play for them to, like, bury that in there. Yeah, that was really clever, I Like, because is this going to be, like, a new detail of the riddle character going forward? Yeah. Right. He smokes weed. Ah. He likes to, he likes to uh, crumble in his fingers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He likes to air the bong, yeah, like right underneath, yes, and then go. Hang on a second, now. wait a minute. Oh, stand ready. So when he was talking about jazz cigarettes, he wasn't on about smoking, watching somebody just play some jazz music. No, no, jazz cigarettes. It's different to a bong. It's where you get the uh, cannabis, yeah, crumble it up, yeah. You put it through a grinder as well. Uh-huh. You lose. Some of the crystals that way. So if you catch, you get like a crystal catcher, what you can do on a day with little supplies, you can scrape up all the excess, which right. is just pure crystal. So he's uh, quite into this as a scene then. No, he's quite into this as a scene. So he rolls them up. Yeah. Takes a while. It's like a, a real knack to get it curled over. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called roach. Right. And then... Papa you, roach. Papa roach. And if you don't get Cut that right, pieces. you get this like really baggy thing and sometimes it can fall out. Yeah. So what you do is, if you want to practice, uh-huh. you just don't put of any of the expensive stuff So in. when he was talking about soap bar, he wasn't just having a wash? No, no, no. That's, um, that's uh, you can create a resin uh-huh. from the oils of the plants. And it creates this, yeah. like this, this block of resin. So 420 isn't his favorite number? No, no, no. What these stonerers like to do is that prove that they are, you know, with it uh-huh. and not necessarily working for the man uh-huh. who demands you clock off at five. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be working at five, boss man. 
because at 4.20 on the clock, mm-hmm. every day, after I roll them up, after I get the knack, get it really tight, not too tight, but you know, you get it as a knack. Yeah. Roll it. Uh, on, the, on the glue, fold that over. Some people like to do a little uh, a twirl, actually. Mm-hmm. At the end, um, if you pack it tightly enough, and you, you don't actually, actually have to do that. Right. Um. Twenty past four, and I'm stoned already, bro. Right, it's like well. he smokes weed. Ah, well, like fair play, like they've, you know what I say? Subtext is for coward, not cowards, and all that. I guess maybe I'm that guy in the back row that John Cena was calling his spots for. But there we go, Elias. You know, whenever someone interrupts someone, it was a bit of a, a running guy. He yep. kind of rolled his eyes a bit, but um, he uh, Riddle has. Revealed that he was a big fan of Elias, and he got really zeeked up when Ezekiel was around as well, actually. <laughs> and uh, Riddle, you know, says, Elias, you know, if you wanted to hit his bong and have the crowd, oh, walk with Elias, and Michael Cole, oh, sorry, trying to get them all the broadcast, interchangeable broadcast <laughs> personnel mixed up. Who was it? Well, it was Corey get Graves. It's like Corey Graves is like, Jack White. He's like, please, I'm, I hate you for doing that. And I can do as well. Uh, I hate Corey Graves more. If you ask me to pick between Jack White and Corey Grace. <laughs> so Elias appreciates the gesture, but says, look, you've got a title match, a big match coming up, actually. Uh, so just take a seat. And uh, Riddle's like, okay, okay, well, I'll just in the background. Mm-hmm. Preparation. Maybe he needs to get into a meditative state. Yes. Of deep focus. Something like playing an instrument mm. can enable you to do. Yes. So maybe I'm... Having a hit on a bomb. So maybe I'm wrong to be snarky about... Matt Riddle's lack of preparations because if he wasn't actually preparing for the match, what Triple H has done yeah. about three months ago by creating that video package about the, the the prestigious history of the United States title and failing to actually do anything as prestigious subsequent to that, what he's doing is he's trying to fake it. Has The Miz um, beat up, like has torn up Harley Race's robe, beat up Harley Race's family? Well, apparently so. That was going to be cancelled for. Well, <laughs> US title law. yes. But yeah, I don't think he cares about the US title anymore. He's gone off it. Gone off it, have you? <laughs> gone off that, have you? Gone off the United States title, have you, Triple H? Because this is not how you prepare a guy for a match. Yeah. This is a big, long, drawn-out, uh, potentially obnoxious... Uh, you just re-ample. describing our bit on weed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to basically make me lose any and all interest in a match that was technically very good and the crowd <laughs> were into without being quite great. This peaked the clash at the castle. It's petered out into a 50-50 mess that... Basically, the story is, it's a good match. It's not a great match. It's good. Elias interferes by accident at the finish, and that's how Seth Rollins gets out the feud. A big, honestly, being earnest, this is a big failure for me. Triple H said that we didn't say anything, but the inference from fans was, well, it's, gonna, it's all going to make sense now. And he's making these video packages about the prestige of titles. That means that's a clue, very hidden clue that he's going to care about them going forward and he just wants to say right forget about the last however many years it's about 20 of Vince McMahon just abusing it, uh, mid-card titles we're going to do a nice fancy video to let you know that you care about them well you don't you've proven that you don't it's a terrible segment the mere presence of Elias means I can't invest in the match no matter how technically good it is and sure as hell an accidental interference from Elias how's Riddle back into this easy breezy stoner mode Going to re- how's that going to set up a match? It's just an out. Yeah. It's just an out. An out for a program. A cowardly booking. I totally agree. I completely agree. You kind of, well, you can and he will, and hopefully doesn't make a habit of it. But the whole point of 
something like the Riddle Rollins clash at the castle finish is that you've shown genuine commitment and yes, you're going to find a way to justify the fight pit and all the rest of it. And then sure enough, you give a pinfall in the fight pit as well. You have committed to one wrestler beating the other and that having ramifications. You can't then undo it. Otherwise, people will forget all the goodwill. Like if Walter and Sheamus goes to a third match and you get a finish as cheap and as lame as this, people will go off the first match. People will lose a bit of love for the original classic at Clash at the Castle and the pretty good SmackDown rematch because it just it's a bigger picture feeling. On Elias, by the way, kind of what I was saying about Baron Corbin and how I felt about Austin Theory, I just think Triple H is really bad at like hiding his... No, I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you. You're on two. Yeah, yeah. Guys he likes and guys he doesn't. Elias, if you look at the optics of this, so Elias comes back and he looks a bit miffed that Riddle's interrupted, but he's fine. He's fine. He's ostensibly a baby face. He's glad to have the fans back and all that. And then he does like drill Seth with a knee. And by the way, that WWE commercial break sends everything upside down thing really pisses me off because he absolutely drills Seth. Seth sold that amazingly well. It's a cool image yeah. of Seth like lying flat out, arms and legs splayed, and Elias being like, I didn't do anything. And then you get back to the ring and suddenly Seth's back. You sold the choke very well as well. Riddle. Like if you're with Seth Rollins, why are you even bothering? Yeah. Like Riddle, by the way, applauding. Hey, cool. Thanks, Elias. Why did you roll him back in and pin him? If Elias has done such a good job with the attack, like you both look like a couple of dicks. And then obviously then Seth doing the, hit me, hit me again. I don't mind. Hit me again. Elias won't do it because he's a good guy and he wants his mate to win. Blah, blah, blah. Like they did the things in the right order. So when Seth attacks Elias to trigger him to interfere, it's all looking like he really wants to help Riddle, but of course he's going to turn in like three weeks, isn't he? He's going to turn heel, and he's going to hit Riddle with a guitar. So then you're like, Riddle's feud out with this Seth Rollins thing is Elias. That's not growth. So you're again undermining the point of the big win in the fight pit, because not only has he lost to Seth here, they're kind of like trying to wash it away, but with all due respect to Elias, this program benefits him more than it benefits Riddle, uh-huh. rather than this getting... 50-50 out the air. Prepping Riddle for the rumble and showing a trajectory and showing a... You know, like... Um, the biggest, I think, victim of this when I criticise it in AW is probably a Darby Allen because you're supposed to go and constantly move up the steps and it doesn't really happen. This is like the first case of it happening to a major mm-hmm. Triple H product in Riddle. It doesn't help that it happens on a week when they just completely unleash the stone of nonsense. Even his voice went back to that awful Vince McMahon era voice. <laughs> Instead of just talking like he wants to kick guys' ass because he's like quite good at this. Just a, he is very good at this. Wrestling. Of, yeah, a series of quite substantial misfires, I thought, here. Before a half-decent ending of the show. Yeah, Ali comes out, atones for getting his ass kicked by being blindsided and just says that he's Seth Rollins' problem, which builds a match in the future. Yeah, probably cram Joe. Yeah. But I, I thought, yeah, this match had loads of problems, and I thought the Raw did too. It's ca- really, really disappointing. Just cowardly, last week cowardly booking yeah. where there's no gravity to anything I've just watched, which makes the next round of things I watch a little bit harder to trust. I was just thinking, you know, if Miz has done something absolutely terrible, so awful that you're going to be cancelled. I shouldn't be playing with that word. Right. Johnny Gargano, the babyface's thoughts aren't, that's a terrible thing you've done. It's like, how can I score points off that? Yeah. He's that, a dickhead babyface. That's, yeah. He is a dickhead babyface. Arseholes everywhere. Are we being too harsh? Are there arseholes everywhere? Let us know under the Twitter <laughs> link to this podcast at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter, where you can also follow Michael Hamflat at... On, a, on Twitter, please give us, if we uh, had a what culture sports team, sports squadron, yes. give us your favourite what culture team names on Twitter in the reply to this, or to me and Cedric. Yes, that's great. That's good engagement. That's good engagement. Good engagement, actually. I want to hear some what culture sports teams names. Any sports you like. 
baseball, ice hockey, football, soccer. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. The name. What culture? Assholes. Assholes. (laughs) I'm at Michael Hamlet. And you can follow me at M. Sidgwick. We've got the AEW and NXT, formerly known as the Bank. Tuesday Night War. Tuesday Night War. We might not be able to pre-review the whole thing. We'll basically, uh, me and someone tomorrow um, will tell you who won. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and that might be as far as it goes but we'll definitely Pete McPickle fire up the spreadsheet for one night only make a 2022 tab the tab yes. that you never thought you Pete could make Pete do it arise my son you are needed once more uh, so yeah like someone will do something and we'll endeavour to work hard the Alvarez tweet is going to be a, a rollercoaster isn't right. it it's going to be like nostalgia for come all take that him out, come back you might sit up right take that AEW clowns <laughs> Yes, yes. Bring all, bring all that on. Bring all that on. So we're previewing those. Uh, we're previewing the Tuesday Night War. Yeah. Might not be reviewing it, but we'll just see how schedules allow. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. We've got more to come, so we'll hopefully see you soon. And thank you for joining us. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.